We are the visionaries. The rule breakers. The rebels. And then triumphizers. We are the changemakers. We want to recognise the traditional peoples of this continent whose land was stolen nearly 250 years ago. We at Young Changemakers Headquarters would like to particularly acknowledge the traditional landowners where we are recording and editing our stories, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and we extend our respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. The rich storytelling history of the world's oldest living culture is what we proudly pay respect to when we share stories at conversations with changemakers. It is said that the practice of storytelling sustains communities, validates experiences, nurtures relationships, and serves as a form of important cultural continuation for Indigenous peoples. Change makers and the stories that we share, we too hope relationships are nurtured, experiences validated, and our community sustained. So, this week on Conversations with Change Makers, we'll be wrapping up from our 12 week Young Change Maker program. What's next? How do we continue to ride this wave of change, ensuring young people with disability are leading the change we want to see and raising our voices together? So, who better to have than a man who's been campaigning almost his entire life? who's raised his voice for many years, if not decades, and continues to make change every day. NDIS Minister Bill Shorten will be joining us for this episode of Conversations with Changemakers as we wrap things up and send ourselves on our merry way. Hey, thank you so much for joining us, Minister Shorten. Um, we're feeling very privileged to have you join us. Uh, it's, I'm really pleased to be um. Uh, on your podcast, and um, as they say in The Simpsons, uh, Bart Simpson is a long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> well, thank you so much. You're joining us at a really important time. We're at the end of a 12-week online Young Change Makers program. We've had 60 young people with cerebral palsy sign up from across Australia to make change. We've built skills and connected with peers to raise our voices. Now we're looking to what's next. What would you say to a bunch of young people about why it's important that they raise their voices and make some change? I'd say that in life there are some things which happen which if we didn't do them, that happen anyway. But there's plenty of things which, but for what we do as change makers, wouldn't happen at all. So I think it's really important that we hear the voices of young people who have CP but are not defined by it. So I think it's uh, also valuable for other Australians to hear more diverse voices in what they're thinking about. So there's lots of good reasons to be the change you want to be, to make that difference, and for a lot of other people to be able to hear the message coming from different people and about a different perspective. 
And you've been making change your whole life, pretty much, Minister. Before you were an MP, you uh, were the head of one of Australia's biggest unions, um, which is another way to make change. How do you um, suggest to young change makers who are trying to become leaders in making change? What are some of the best attributes in being a good leader? Mm. To be a good leader, you've got to be a good listener. To be a good leader, you've got to recognise that there might be people who disagree with you, but that doesn't make them bad or stupid. It just means they see the world differently. So you've got to be able to put yourself in the shoes of others. I also think another proposition to be a good leader is when you're looking for change, always understand what the alternative is to what you're suggesting. And that way you therefore make what you want to do more attractive than the alternative. Because when the alternative to what you're suggesting is more attractive than what you're proposing, then it becomes a lot harder. So always ask yourself, what's the best alternative to what you're seeking? And then deal with that, understand that. The other thing I'd say is find the gap. What I mean by finding the gap is what are the opportunities that other people aren't approaching what's been put in the too hard basket or what's the the area where, where no one else is tackling because when you can find the gap in an issue that's when you can genuinely lead through that and help fill it and once you can do that then you're your own boss i mean you listen to the people who you're working with probably the final thing i'd say is apart from me a listener always recognise there's another point of view, understand what the other point of view might be, find the gap, do the things which other people aren't doing. I think the other thing is you've got to have a degree of um, understand that whatever you say, you're only one person and that if you can mobilise others, empower others to be colleagues, collaborators in change, a group can always achieve more than an individual. Absolutely. And how how have you built those coalitions over the years, Minister? What is the way best way to bring people on board your your campaign for change? How have you found um, being persuasive and bringing people on board the most effective way to do that? Think about what it is that you actually want. Be as clear as you can and what it is that you want to see happen really think it through and in the process of that talk to smart people who know about your topic or your issue find who the smartest people are about this issue and listen to them always identify why you're doing what you're doing so why is what you're saying important what is it that you're saying you need to focus on talk to really smart people who understand the issues and then enlist collaborators. Again, I'm, I really believe an individual can make a difference, but if you're an individual who can recruit others and get them mobilised, then you're going to make more of that difference because you're a collective. Yeah, absolutely. And the disability community is so good at that. Um, we've seen over the years that we've been able to build 
huge campaigns of success. Um, as uh, NDIS minister, you would get lobbied every single day on issues um, and campaigns and things people care about. What what is the most effective ways people lobby you? What 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 moves you? Is it? I would have imagined sometimes, minister, that it is a really effective story um, where it's backed up by. Um, by the facts that it just doesn't it's not effective but it starts with an in, incredible story where it doesn't it's not working is that the case yeah every for me everything's about people yeah uh, i think uh 99% of the human race has got something special in them so how do you unlock that so that's why as you correctly observe stories are a way forward because People can see themselves or see others in the stories you tell. If you're just sort of very mechanical and you say, I want X, Y, Z, well, that's fine. But if you can explain why what you're talking about is relevant to people and tell people stories about the problem, tell people stories about the solution, people grasp it because they can see themselves in the stories. Yeah, absolutely. And the, there's going to be a really big, big um, area of campaigning coming up, which is around the NDIS review, which is going to be coming out any minute now. It's like Christmas is coming, uh, Minister, in terms of uh, campaigning and NDIS reform. Um, what would you say to the young people who really care about the NDIS uh, and they're going to be looking at this NDIS review, if they see one of the recommendations and that really means a lot to them, that a particular recommendation or um, what what would you say to them is um, how would you recommend that they campaign around a particular recommendation or they move to make sure the government moves on a particular recommendation? How do they... How do they campaign around the NDIS review? What do you think is going to be an effective way to do that? Well, first of all, it's by knowing where you want to be. What's your horizon? What do you want to see in the future from the scheme? Because what you need is you need some reference points to judge what you do. You need, by that I mean a reference point is we want the scheme to be here to stay. We want the scheme to put the best interests of the participants first. We want to make sure the scheme is more human, not a sort of mindless, mean bureaucracy. We want to make sure that people who are mistreating the scheme, some of the service providers, maybe overcharging or doing the wrong thing, that they're not, you know, they're, they're given the heave-ho. So we want to make sure that... So if do the reforms... And what is it that you want? Does it make the scheme here to stay for the future? Does it make the scheme more human, a better better experience? Does Is it true to its original purpose, letting people have more fulfilling lives? Uh, does it help tackle some of the waste and, and inappropriate conduct which periodically occurs in the scheme? So work out your horizon, what's important, and then use that to judge measures that you talk about by I think also it's about explaining to people where they fit in. In any change, you're going to be better off if you can say, uh, I use this analogy, um, 
If you're at a railway station A and a change train comes into railway station A and you want to, you know, go to the horizon, railway station B, unless you can explain to people where their seat is on the train, they won't get on the train. So the art of change is also explaining to people where they fit in. Once they can see themselves in the future, that's how you then get people embracing it. But there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of muscle memory. It's been a decade of, you know, pretty tough times and some silly decisions by previous governments. And I'm not saying the review will get everything right, but I think it's explaining to people where they fit in. That's, that's the, that's a, I think, a key test. Yeah. Why would anyone come with you if they don't feel like they're going to be safe on the journey? That's right. Yeah. Um, how do you look after yourself when you have spent so long campaigning for things? You're going to obviously win some, you're going to lose some along the way. How do you maintain the, the motivation to keep fighting? Well, I'm always motivated because when I think something's unfair or not right, it's like an itch just under my skin and I keep scratching it. It's just that that motivates me. I, I believe... You and me both. Yeah, exactly. I believe in the eternal struggle between fair and unfair. Having said that, um, I also learn not to take things personally. You just can't. If people are yelling at me, unhappy with me, it's not because I'm Mr and Mrs Shorten's son. It's not my personal DNA they're yelling at. Uh, it's the job I do, so you can't take it personally. And you should also always remember... There's a few people who yell at you just idiots and bad people, but it's quite a lot of people who might yell at you just people who are anxious. They don't know what it all means. They, and maybe sometimes what you're saying is not right. So maybe they, they're probably right to yell at you too. So, but you can't take it personally. Easy advice to get harder to follow. All right. Well, our final, final question, Minister, is one that we have asked all our podcast um, guests along the way, which is when you want to feel fired up and ready to campaign, what song do you put on? The theme song from Rocky. <laughs> or maybe there. if you're more classical, I love uh, Nessim Dorma. I want to be uplifted. I want to think okay. there's life above the clouds. I want to think there's hope in the world. Wow, we haven't had any classical. That's great. Mm. Mixing up the playlist. Well, thank you so much for your time, Minister um, Bill Shorten. We feel very honoured to have you as our last guest uh, on Conversations with Changemakers. Um, you certainly have been a changemaker for a very long time, but I feel like you'll be a changemaker for a very long time to come. So um, you've been the perfect guest to end this series. Thank you so much. Ellie, you are, I don't think I can tell you anything about change you haven't worked at or done. But I do, I do recognise that old saying that no person's an island. Yeah. We exist with each other and if we can't do the right thing by each other, then we're not really existing. Absolutely. Um, glad, glad to stand on the island with you. <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> okay, take care. Bye. Bye.